Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I don't know about that, but I'm taking that all day long. It's one of those... Uh, you know, everyone was saying before the game, you'd, you'd snap your hands off, snap anyone's hands off for a draw. But as it got into it, I was starting to, you know, towards the end there, I was thinking we might, we might be able to win that. We could have won that. Um, but I'm taking that. I'm taking that all day long. I mean, what a performance from the lads. It's unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. I think the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, we're playing away. It's a lot of their first North London derbies. It's a lot probably of their, a lot of their first experiences of playing a massive game like that. And you could tell, you could tell we were a bit, a bit rattled at first. But we started to settle into the game. We started to play the way we wanted to play. And I think as expected, as I was saying before this game, when Arsenal started to realise that we weren't just going to roll over, when it wasn't all just going to go their way, they start to panic a bit. And I do think they did start to panic a bit. They're obviously going to talk now after the game. Declan Rice went off. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, if they say Fabio Vieira went off as an excuse, then that's, that's not much, is it? But still, they're talking about, talking about Declan Rice going off. They've got a big squad. They spent a lot of money, you know? You can't, you, you can't base your whole success or your whole chances of winning something given that we're apparently this terrible team, what was it Paul Merson was saying before the match? That they were going to mutilate us. They were going to destroy us. You know? When they start giving it all the big chat like that, and then suddenly, oh no, they can't, they can't be expected to beat, beat little old Tottenham because Declan Rice has gone off. Then you know you've got to him. Um, again, I've said in previous weeks about how some of our personnel, the likes of Van de Ven, the likes of Romero, especially Basuma and especially Saar in midfield, they give us a platform. They allow us to be more comfortable. They allow us to play in a much more relaxed fashion. Basuma, the way in which he just, he dominates the ball. I don't know if you saw, Spurs put out this week um, with Ben Haynes and Rob Daly, they put out a, an Inside Spurs, this little sort of studio show and they spoke to Basuma and they were showing some of his highlights showing his ball retention, his press kind of resistance. The guy's just such an asset to our team. And I think in the first half, he, he, he wasn't at his very best. He wasn't at his very best. They were going for him. They were putting a lot of pressure on him. But he kept his cool for the most part. And, you know, I, I think he, he grew into the game, basically. He grew into the game. The doggy definitely grew into the game. The doggy was one of the players that they were starting to give a lot of ag to. They could see that they were they were going to get some joy there. I mean, that first half, I mean, it was it was ridiculous what he got booked after about 15, 16 minutes or so for a pretty soft challenge in a North London derby. 
Obviously, he's going to be rattled for the rest of the game. I was scared. I was sort of thinking maybe we should take him off at halftime, even though he had started to grow into the game. But again, that's a 20-year-old footballer. A 20-year-old footballer playing with that level of composure um, to go through the majority of a game, a North London derby at that, up against Bukaya Saka, one of the best players in the league. Probably one of the best players in Europe nowadays. Um, and keep his cool and manage to really shut him out for the rest of the game. I've got to say, you know, we're not here to talk about Arsenal, but I do have to say, <laughs> watching Odegaard and Saka today in action, they are both fantastic, fantastic footballers. And I say that because it's, it's more testament to the fact that our lads have come up against those two and really managed to shut them out. Odegaard does so much more than I really thought he, he did. You know, he was putting in a defensive shift. He was really pressing hard in that midfield for them. Um, and his range of passing, his vision is unbelievable. And the fact we kept him largely quiet is pretty amazing. And yeah, you know, they will complain. They will say Declan Rice is out. Declan Rice probably provides that platform for Odegaard to do his stuff. But, oh well. You know, you, you lads are saying that you're going you're gonna to win the league. You want to win the league. That we're little old Tottenham. That we're, what is it? We were called coming into the game swamp dwellers, naive, all this type of shit. They always give it all that big talk. You see that combined 11 with only two Spurs players getting into it. But you know what? Let people do that. Let people continue to mischaracterise Tottenham in that way. I'll be honest, I wasn't that nervous going into this game. I did start, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to act all like, oh, I'm hard kind of thing. The hour before the game, I was starting to get the nerves. But all of the talk, all of the preamble before this one, I was just thinking to myself, Ange has got this. Like, and I, it's not even, I don't even think there's, a heightened sense of expectation there. I don't think I'm putting too much pressure on them. I don't, you know, I was somebody who was sceptical of Ange Postacoglu when we appointed him. And he shut my face. Like, I think the guy's brilliant. Um, not just tactically, but just as a bloke, right? You see the way he speaks. You see the way he carries himself. You see the way he handles himself in press conferences. He's a proper, he's a proper manager. And I think we do forget, he's 57 years old. He's got a lot of life experience. You know, when like the, the press before this was saying, oh, you know, you're quite similar to Arteta. And he was like, well, not really, mate. I'm 57. I've managed in several different countries. I've won in several different countries. He was basically saying, what are you on about? You know? And I think that's fair enough. I do think that's quite, you know, quite derisory. I kind of get what they're saying. You know, they're saying we both play high intensity, both play attacking football. Yeah, I understand that to a degree, but I mean, there's a lot of people that continue to underestimate him and underestimate Tottenham as a result. And like I continue to say, as somebody that has watched Tottenham now for, say, 25, 30 years, you know when something's good. You know when something's, yeah, all right, but let's wait and see. This is definitely good. The way he sets us up, the way he plays, the way he talks, the spirit you can see that he's already imbued within the team is something very special. And 
I would have thought it would have taken him much longer to get to where we are now. But we're still unbeaten. For all the talk that we haven't had a proper test now, how much of a test is that? How's that for a test? We've got Liverpool at home next week, another big one. But we were told Brentford was going to be a test. It was. And just first proper game in charge. It drew away there and we weren't really sure what to make of it. Then we were told United was going to be a test. Beat them 2-0. And then we keep on hearing, oh, the momentum, oh, the pressure, oh, the this. It's going to catch up with Spurs sooner or later. It would just be nice if people would just... And it, do you know what the thing is, though? I tell you what, the, the thing that I've noticed, one of the big differences in this that I've noticed, right, is that the fan base... You know, it's been very divided times the past few years, right? We've had We've gone from Mourinho to Nuno to Spirito Santo to Conte. And, you know, we've all had ruckuses within the fan base about the direction of the club, the type of manager. Should we back them? Should we not? Win now manager, loser's mentality or winner's mentality. All this type of bollocks, right? There's been battle lines drawn up all over the Tottenham fan base. But with Ange Postacoglu, despite, you know, early scepticism from some people, the only sort of divide there was on Ange Postacoglu was some people saying, why are we bringing in this fella? And not going harder for Nagelsmann or Luis Enrique or whoever. And a few people saying, look, you know, if you haven't watched any of his Celtic team, if you haven't watched any of his old teams, then just wait and see. You'll be surprised. I think it's taken two or three games for, I would say, the majority of the fan base, from what I see, is a unified acceptance that Ange Postacoglu is a great manager, is leading us in the right direction and is already starting to properly put down roots at the club, to have the club playing in a way that is so alien to what we've been playing the past couple of years. Past couple of years, probably past four or five years. That we're already playing with confidence, that we're already playing with a sort of sense of swagger. One part in the second half was that Gary Neville said Spurs are starting to purr here. They're starting to purr away at the Emirates, knocking the ball about. So Arsenal, you've given us your best. You've given us your best and you haven't been able to break through. And now you're relying on set pieces. You're relying on set pieces at home in the North London derby like your Stoke City, trying to knock corners into the box to try and nick a goal right at the end. And don't get me wrong, you know, that pressure, I was starting to feel it. I really was. But the lad stayed resolute. Vicario, I've got to give a massive shout out to him because he's somebody that had a lot of doubters at the start. And I think it's taken him two games to just look like a proper goalkeeper. I will talk about him individually in a bit, but what a performance from him today. Um, and like I say, this is, this is the, the, the main difference with this Tottenham side. Tottenham have been, look, we're talking about like Madison. He's a, he's a fantastic attacking player, right? He's a brilliant player. Sonny's brilliant. We know that. Kulisevsky is starting, starting to get back to where he was. Another player who I thought was brilliant today. Pedro Porro growing into the, you know, growing into the side massively. Destiny Adoggi, brilliant. The biggest change for me isn't, you know, this idea of oh, Spurs can hurt you. Spurs can attack. Ange Postacoglu's got an attacking philosophy and it can hurt you. Even under Mourinho, we were scoring loads of goals. Under Mourinho, we've had Pete Son, we've had Pete Kane. 
slapping in all sorts of goals. That's never been our problem. The problem the past few years, and I'm talking about even in the tail end of Pochettino's era, is that solidity, is that lack of foundation. When Dembele and Wanyama went, when Walker and Rose went, when Alderweireld and Vertonghen started to look like they were on their last legs. And you say that so casually, you say it like, oh, we've done something wrong. That's, that's major surgery required in a team when you've got players of that quality that are either gone or fading away. But now it feels like, it feels like in, in Pesuma, I think Saar, I, I mean, I continue to see I continue to see criticism of Saar. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think he's a brilliant young player. He's tenacious. Yeah, he hit a couple of wild shots today, but I'm happy to see him trying that. I'm happy to see somebody taking risks. Because for every single one of those wild shots he's done, he's probably played one of those eye-of-a-needle passes that he does. Or made one of his runs. The way he sort of runs, breaks the lines, gets into the opposition half. He's a talented, talented young player. And with Romero now, with a proper centre-back partner alongside him, Mickey van der Ven, who was sensational today, I thought. Absolutely brilliant. I am going to say I'm going to go up front, my man of the match for Tottenham today, Mickey van der Ven. Um, Sonny scored two brilliant goals there, so that feels quite harsh. But I think van der Ven was mostly impeccable today, especially after he had that, he got kind of caught early on. He got caught pretty early on um, and I was worried he was going to be going to be going off there. But he managed to keep his composure, sort of shake, shook it off, got on with the game. Fantastic. And my point is, with these type of players, with this greater amount of solidity to this team, there is a platform for success there. Prior to this, when we have been attacking, when we've just been throwing caution to the wind. Let's just get it up to Harry Kane because we know he can score. Let's put a ball in behind for Son to run onto because we know he can score. Let's score more than them and hope hope that our defence can hold out. That's what it's been for the past years. And I don't think that's, that breeds confidence in anybody, nobody across the entire team. But now, I almost feel more comfortable. Like, all right, I was at points today in that in that first half. They went through a spell where I was thinking, they can get two, three here. Like they do. Like they often do against us. They blitz us. They have those spells where they go two, three goals up quickly. And then the game's almost dead. And we're chasing it. But they go one nil up. And we come back into it not too long after and it's just you know it was close all the way that confidence to not let our heads drop like when Romero gave away the penalty fucking big shout to the away support today massive shout because I saw it I saw it on the TV when Romero gave away the penalty obviously after he scored the own goal at the start the away fan starts singing his name and he heard it he pumps his heart and he's like waving to him and like punching his fist up at the away support. That's what you need, that link between the fans and the players. It's coming back. It's getting stronger and it makes us stronger. And I just feel like, like when we were watching it, Charlotte all along was like, I don't think I've ever seen us, or at least for a very long time, play this confidently at the Emirates. Play with this sort of sense of assurance, 
like I say, barring the spell where we were both a bit like, you know, this is what Arsenal do. They might be able to get us here. But they didn't capitalise on that. They didn't take advantage of that. And we have to have a running commentary from Alan Smith on the touchline saying, oh, brother, well, you know, I just think if Arsenal get a, a proper target man in here, they will go on the next level. I don't care. They've spent hundreds of millions of pounds already. What's we supposed to have this kind of sense of feeling sorry for them? They've spent a lot of money. They just spent what, however much it was, 40, 50 mil on Gabriel Jesus. I think Pep cut him a deal, didn't he? I think it was cheaper than that, but still. Gabriel Jesus, who we were told is going to be like, you know, the second coming of Omri. Just because they're not spending their money, like, what well, I mean, to be fair, I'm not going to say they're not spending their money well. They're spending a lot of money and they are buying good players. Like, I have to get, you know, whatever. I have to give them that. But, it's this idea that like, oh no, well, you know, Arsenal will be good. They will be this title winning team when they get that big striker in. There's a lot of talk about them going for Ivan Tony in January. We're linked with him as well. He's a player that would make both teams a hell of a lot better. He's an exceptional, exceptional footballer. Um, apparently a childhood Arsenal fan, so I think we know which way that one is going to go. Um, unless financial fair play finally does catch up with them. Who knows, but I don't care about that. I don't want to talk about that today. What I do want to talk about is continue to say just how solid Tottenham Hotspur were today. We were told we were naive. We were told that we were going to get destroyed at the Emirates. We were told that none of these players would maybe, maybe Son, maybe Son, maybe Son who's been one of the best players in the Premier League. Let me give you this statistic that I saw during the game. Maybe Son gets into the combined 11. Shout out to the Spurs web who tweeted, Hummin Son has now scored more North London derby goals than Gareth Bale, Thierry Henry and Robin Van Persie. Maybe he gets into a North London derby combined 11, man. Honestly, the way in which he continues to be just undervalued or just not appreciated, probably a bit by Spurs fans, but by the wider footballing community, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. The fellow's absolutely exceptional. Both finishes today, that first finish, his first goal. It's absolutely world class. Absolutely exceptional, and the coolness, the calmness to slot away the second one as well. You know, maybe he gets in, but like I say, this is it. Before this game, or you know, we're told like, yeah, we're early on in the in the process, and we are. It's not it's not a falsity. That is true. But what people don't give us is that early along in the process or not, we're an incredible team. Early along in the process or not, Ange Postacoglu won the treble last year with, with Celtic. Like, you know? What about all the times when clubs like Chelsea bring in a new manager? When they brought in somebody like Antonio Conte in the past. And they win something. You know, Daniel Levy made that mistake at the fans forum as well. He said, oh, you know, we used to... What is it? We used to hire cup managers. We used to hang winning managers or whatever. But now we've gone for this guy, patting Ange Postacoglu on the knee. You can see it. Ange sort of winces when he says that. 
you think, fucking hell, man. How dare you? Like, give him a bit of respect. And yeah, fair enough. I will hold my hands up. I'm saying some of this in retrospect. I'm not going to hide from that. I was sceptical of him. But it's taken me two or three games. And it isn't just about being fickle. It isn't just about being knee-jerk. It's about me holding my hands up and saying, I didn't know what I was talking about. This fella is unbelievable. He's brilliant. And you see Arteta doing all this jumping about on the sidelines and all this kind of is the theatrics and all this nonsense. Antipostokoglu is standing there cool, calm and collected for the most part. He's letting the players do, do the talking. We just made a different stuff. Not many teams are going to go to... I mean, Fulham did, but... <laughs> not many teams are going to go to the Emirates this year and match them like we did because we matched them for the most part of the game it was an even game a draw is a fair result even though they did get a fucking dodgy penalty they got a very dodgy penalty and I don't care if you think I'm salty and you don't care if you think I'm bitter about that but you know on balance of play they they did create a lot of good opportunities they didn't put them away though did they didn't put them away. We have, yeah. I think that today's performance, today's game should go out as a warning to the rest of the Premier League that Tottenham really do mean business. That we are a proper outfit. Because how much longer is this, is this just momentum? How much longer is this just Tottenham get found out sooner or later? Because we came and matched Arsenal today. We didn't get lucky in that game. We came and we went blow for blow with them. We matched them. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at the match stats on that one. Because I feel like... I feel like it was pretty even. Um, Shots 13. Six on target for Arsenal. Five on target for Tottenham. 54% 54% possession to Tottenham, 435 passes to Arsenal's 370. Pass accuracy of 85% for Tottenham to 84% for Arsenal. Fast not for fucking matching them, I don't know what is. I mean, the scoreline alone should tell you. But this is it. This is the Arsenal. This is the Arsenal that Neville, that everyone keeps going on about, that they've all been talking about. All week long. Oh, this is a test too much for Tottenham. It's a bridge too far. Arsenal are brilliant. Arsenal are made of different stuff. Arteta's young, brilliant side. All this type of stuff. We've gone there and we've matched them. They had a spell in the first half. A spell where a doggy was slightly rattled. Because you got a yellow card. A soft yellow card at that. Even though Ben White went and pushed him down by the face. About 10 minutes later, we've got nothing. We've gone to the Emirates. We've matched them. You know? But let people continue to, to take what Ange Postacoglu is doing for granted. Let people continue to underplay how good we are. And as I've said all along, I do worry about our squad depth. I do think if we pick up a couple of big injuries, 
to some notable main players if in a doggy or if Mad. I mean, it remains to be seen. I wouldn't be surprised if Madders is out for a bit. That knee injury didn't look too nice. Um, I mean, he did run on it for a bit afterwards, came off though shortly after. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a couple of weeks after that. How we cope with that remains to be seen. But right now, the way we're playing, this first, you know, this starting 11, they look brilliant. Um, and like I say, like I said at the top, I did feel like, I did feel like we would, we would nick it at the end. It was either going to be them getting it from a corner. I mean, you know, wow, that's a big revelation, Jack. Nice one. Um, but I thought they were going to nick it. But, I, you know, that opportunity that fell to Richarlison, I just thought that was it. That was the kind of cometh the man, cometh the hour moment. Um as Fletch likes to say in pretty much every game he commentates. Um, yeah. It's a close game. It's a close game. And, you know, we cannot, we cannot, look, I don't care what Arsenal are doing right now. I don't care about them, about what their aspirations are. What I care about is that Tottenham are made of stronger stuff. I think that's one of the biggest things. We are seeing some nice moves. We are seeing some brilliant, beautiful football. We were always told about Conte's automations. I saw next to no signs of those. <laughs> but you can see already some of these passages of play that they've clearly rehearsed, that Ange Postacoglu clearly works, gets them working on, especially in the, in the attacking half. Um, Because we knocked the ball about in a in a lovely fashion at times. Um, I do have to say, I've, you know, he's a brave man, and she's a brave man, and it makes me realise how many players we have compared to last year who are good on the ball. Because the confidence to play out from the back in the way that we were, we almost got caught once. Madison got robbed by Jesus, who, if I'm being brutally honest, pushed him, but still, whatever. Madison got caught being a little bit slack there. Other than that, we just knocked it about. And I thought Arsenal were knocking on the door, doing all that they could. And they just couldn't really break through. And you could tell it got to them. You could tell it frustrated them. And I was surprised to see, I've got to say, I was. I, I went on um, Harry Simeon's Arsenal pod before this and he asked me he said you know what's the most you know the most unpleasant question ahead of a North London derby if you had to name one thing you liked about Arsenal what would it be I said Bukayo Saka because he seems like a nice enough lad he's a good player whatever mate doing that dart the mocking dart celebration today he's been infected with Arsenal hasn't he man like that's just pure pure Arsenal that doing that after what was it 20 minutes I think they scored their first goal and you're doing the mocking celebrations, do that if you score a 98th minute winner, lad. Right? If you want to start taking the piss. But whatever. Didn't work out so well for them, did it? So, you know, unlike eight. Um, I've got to say as well, a, a, a shout to Fabio Vieira, who is such a diving, cheating little weasel. He is like peak Pires. He is so Arsenal. He is so Arsenal. And that cocky little look on his face to the way he just chucks himself about, ah, oh, mate. 
And it would always be he would foul one of our players and then throw himself on the ground, acting like he was injured. I'm just glad, you know what? I'm glad that the momentum wasn't stopped by them. It wasn't halted by them. Because the thing is, the, the, the mad thing is, I thought about today that a lot of my Spurs fan mates were thinking, actually, to be fair, even a lot of my Arsenal fan mates were saying, it's so early on in the season and we're so early on into our project and all this type of thing. But today's North London derby felt massive. It felt huge. It felt like the biggest one in years. Actually, no, to be fair, the biggest one since I think the the 3-0 when we beat them, um, when we were both vying for the Champions League. But this one, I don't know, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, a, another feeling about this. Um, and there's a big part of me that thinks that that was largely down to the fact that I didn't, from my perspective, I didn't want to see them be the ones that halt our momentum. I didn't want them to be the ones that gave us a reality check that said, you're good, but you're not that good. I didn't want to give that to them. And we didn't. And old Tottenham teams would have done. But this one's made us sterner stuff. And I think we can go into that Liverpool game, which is another haunted fixture for us. We can go into that Liverpool game and, you know, be confident that at the very least, these lads are going to go into that and give as good as they got. But today... Let's focus on the North London derby. Let's remember like how massive a result this is. There may be, and it feels so entitled, it feels so ridiculous to even say a twinge of disappointment that we didn't manage to nick it at the end. But the fact I even feel that shows you quite how massive this was. When you just cast your mind back to last year, no fight whatsoever. Cast your mind back to the Nuno Espirito Santo. No midfield, no fight. Just meekly going out, sitting back, doing nothing in a North London derby against Arsenal. And this year we're thinking, all right, lads, you like to play a bit of football, do you? So do we. So let's have it. Um, fantastic result that today. Fantastic result. Fantastic performance. I think every single one of those boys can hold their heads up and, you know, take a lot of pride from that. First North London derby without Harry Kane, as they like to remind us in the first, you know, first part of the game as well. I mean, it's, it's not the first one we've ever played without him, but you know what I'm saying. First one since he's left the club. Um, and Sonny, big, big game player Sonny, stepped up and delivered. Let's, uh, let's go through the players. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I just want to say quickly on their side, David Raya by the way. No, let's do this. We can do this in the conversation about Vicario. So Vicario is phenomenal. Like, what a goalkeeper. Again, another one where I'm happy to have whatever it is. Have egg on my face, eat humble pie, whatever other idioms you want to throw at me. Chuck them my way. I would happily take them all because he looks brilliant. He looks absolutely unbelievable. There was that save at his near post from Gabriel Jesus after about eight, nine minutes that I was saying, Luis lets that in. Luis always used to get beaten at his near post exactly with that type of shot. That was exactly the type of goal you'd always see flying at the Emirates. Them sort of whiz it across the box, have a runner from the outside, cut inside, get on the end of it, bang, slot it near post, in. Not today. There's another one on the near post as well. I, th- I believe it was Enketia got through. Um, and Vicario kept it out. But he made a number of great saves today. And it's not only the amount of saves... It, well, I mean, these do counter saves. Not only the amount of like reflex saves he makes, but having a, having a massive goalkeeper is, is a thing, right? It is a thing. Lloris did the best. I mean, what was Lloris? About 5'11", 6 foot. Which is all right for a normal person, but for a goalkeeper, it's short. It's small for a goalkeeper. Um, and he did the best that he could with that, with his frame, with what he was given. Cat-like reflexes. We're talking about a World Cup winner here, you know? Former Tottenham captain. You know, I'm not going to revise history on this. He, You know, he, he's he been a you know great servant to the club. But I'm just saying, having a... But having a massive goalkeeper between the sticks is a thing. And it does breed with it a sense of calm amongst the defence, I think. Knowing that, especially with a lot of those corners, he could just jump up and claim them. There's no more of that Lloris flapping at him, trying to punch him or slap him away. Remember that? I'm sure we all, I mean, we're all still having nightmares about that. Like, Lloris trying to deal with a corner or like a set piece that's whipped in. We'd always jump out and flap at it. Now we've just got this massive fella with great big long arms that can just jump up and pluck it out the air. And Arsenal didn't like that. Great big fella that can get down low quickly and make brilliant saves. And like my, my comparison I was going to make with David Raya, who himself pulled off that brilliant save from Brennan Johnson, I've got to say, but David Raya, his kicking is whiffy, man. His kicking is whiffy. And it was one of those things that it, when we were linked with him and I was looking at videos and I was like, yeah, he's a good goalie. And I'm, I promise you, I'm not just revising history. Look, listen, listen to previous episodes of this. You can hear it. I was not overjoyed with the idea of us getting him in because his kicking just looked a bit whiffy. And I thought, we don't need another Lloris here. And that's what it looked like today for them. Like, I know he's taking Ramsdale's slot now, and I know on paper he's probably maybe a better shot stopper, maybe better at you know, keeping goals out of the net 
But I think one of the things that Ramsdale had for him was that he was good at playing football. And all this sort of chat about um, Raya, I can't remember who it was that said it. Maybe it was Arteta saying, I could play him at number 10. Pfft. Don't know about that, man. I don't know what player that was that was there, that was playing for them today because his kicking was all over the shop. And he couldn't, he was trying to do the calm under pressure thing. He was trying to let Sonny or one of the other lads run onto him. And he just wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing it very well at all. Um, he kept creating extra trouble for them, I thought. But with Vicario, I think we do have a player that's very calm. I think in pre-season and the first game, the, the Brentford game, he looked a bit shook. He looked like he wasn't on top of things. Um, and I was I was worried about you know what it who it was that we'd signed. But now I'm just looking at him thinking like he's brilliant. Like he's a brilliant, brilliant goalkeeper. Um and he was I thought he was exceptional today. I thought he was yeah, I thought he was properly exceptional today. Another one of our another one of our man in the match contenders, I feel. Pedro Porro, I think this is the best game he's had in a very long time. Um, I honestly do. I think, yeah, okay, in the first half again, we struggled to get it out. Um we were sort of knocking the ball about maybe inviting quite a bit of pressure onto ourselves, but Arsenal still didn't capitalise on that very well. I think I counted just maybe two or three times when Porra's passing was a little bit wayward um, or sometimes under hit. I think that was one of the observations I made that he under hit a couple of his passes. Um, but other than that, I thought he was impeccable today. He had that, I think it was around 70th minute or so, that beautiful cross as well, that little whipped in cross that Raya managed to knock out and unfortunately nobody was there to get on the end of. But I think he was, this was one of his better games, I think, today in this system anyway. Um, as I've said in previous weeks, you know, it will take some coaching, it will take some time. I don't look at him and think he's on the same level as a doggy in terms of being perfect for this system. If somebody said to me, you know, here's 50 mil to buy a new right back. Well, I don't know, whatever fucking price. Let's not get into the semantics of how much players cost, but here's a lot of money. <laughs> there you go. Here's a lot of money to buy a new right back, right full back, right wing back, whatever you fucking call him now. Going full Gamandar here. Um, would I turn my nose up at that? I don't know. I don't know here. But he seems to be learning on the job. He's getting better and better each week. So, you know, coaching is a thing. Ange Postacoglu is making these players better. And I've got every faith that, you know, Pedro Porro will, you know, will continue to improve because today I thought he was brilliant. Christian Romero, no, he was unlucky. He was very unlucky with the... Actually, I say that. I don't think he was that unlucky with the own goal. I think he was a bit rash. I'm flip-flopping already on that one. Um, I think he uh, is what it is. It's a split-second decision in a North London derby. Fine, these things happen. People make mistakes, so we don't need to crucify him for that. The penalty, I thought, was a joke, but there we go. I mean, I, don't, I thought it was a joke only in the sense that we've seen those given or we've seen those not given. It doesn't seem to be any clarity on... What constitutes a handball in the box anymore? Is the arm moving in a natural way? Is it in a natural position? All this type of nonsense. But 
We don't know, do we? And they got given that one today. So, you know, I don't think it was disgrace. I don't think it was a disgraceful decision by any stretch of the imagination. But it's just a bit annoying, like I say, to know that you see those sometimes not given. And again, it's something to, to ask, you know, what is VAR about? What is it that they're looking for? What are the guidelines, the metrics that they use to make these decisions? Can we be more specific here? Um, but other than that, I thought it was a commanding performance from Romero. I think it was solid. Again, another one of these players that, you know, in a head-to-head, oh, of course, of course, of course, Saliba gets in ahead of him. And I saw, I can't remember who it was. It was one of them who scored or somebody like that. They put the stats of the two defenders up, this uh, individual stats of the two of them side by side. And again, Romero, more aerial duels, greater percentage of aerial duels won, ground duels won, retained possession, more successful passes, pretty much every metric he was ahead of Saliba on. And I'm not saying Saliba, I think Saliba's a fantastic player. But I'm talking about, again, the way in which Tottenham are underrated and our players are underrated. But I'm not, I'm not offended by this. I'm not upset. I'm not losing sleep over this. Let them continue to do that. Let, let managers like Klopp, Arteta, Pep continue to see us as no real threat. That's fine. Let the rest of the league just continue to ignore us. We know how much everyone loves to spoil the party when Spurs are when Spurs are flying, you know? They love to do it. Could Spurs win the league? Right, everyone starts playing at, you know, eleven out of ten, don't they? The difference this year might be Ange Postacoglio. I think a lot of people like Ange, so that that could be a mitigating factor in whether or not neutrals, impartial teams, you know? Roll over for us as they did Leicester. <laughs> Mickey van der Ven, like I say, my man in the match today. Um, I thought he was impeccable. A real Rolls Royce. I love that expression. A Rolls Royce of a defender. I always remember when I was young, when I was a kid, people used to say that of Ledley King. And I never really got it. You know, I was just like, oh, it obviously means good because they're expensive cars. But I just, I get it. You know, somebody that just strolls around the pitch. They don't look like they're busting a gut. But they just deliver everything with class. I'm not going to I'm not going to say deliver with class. That's a bit accidental Arsenal, that, isn't it? The class All that nonsense they talk. Um, but everything he does is just smooth. It's collected. It's brilliant. Um, he knows when to go down to ground well. I mean, I, I heard that he'd not done very well in the air against Ollie McBurney last week, but I thought he was decent, you know? But I can't bother to talk about a Sheffield United game. I thought he was good today. Um, I think he's a fantastic, fantastic player. Again, I'm looking at, what, 40 mil he cost? Starting to look like a bit of a snip. Um, it's probably probably a fair price, though, for a young, talented, unproven player. Um, but yeah... Great performance today. First North London derby. And you know, he's early on in his career. Early on in his career. Um, I don't even know how old he is. Is he about 21, Mickey van der Ven? 22. 22 years old. So, you know, early days for him. Um, 
But again, such as the character of a lot of this team, he looks right at home and he looks brilliant already. Destiny of Doggy is another one of these players as well. Um, like Mickey van der Ven, looks wise, composed well beyond his years. Um, got that yellow card. I thought he looked a bit rattled in the first half. And it's almost like he just suddenly gave his head a wobble and just said, nah, I'm quality. I'm really good, actually. Um, and just saw out the rest of the game like, brilliantly. He's just such an asset to this team. He's 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 fantastic um, in an attacking sense and a defending sense. Because um, he pretty much shut Saka out in the second half. Saka had such a, such a quiet game in the second half, I thought. And he was starting to tire a bit. He was he was a menace in that first half. He was causing us a lot of problems. Um, and you expect that, you know? He's a brilliant footballer. Um, oh, I know we're not allowed to praise Arsenal players and all that nonsense. He, um, he, was, he was good today, doggy. Um, and I think the yellow card was harsh. Pape Matassar, again, I don't think you can say that Pape Matassar or Yves Basuma have not had a good game for us to go and draw 2-2 at the Emirates because part of the strength of Arsenal doing what they do is dominating that midfield, is dominating that midfield and creating themselves that time to pick the passes that they want to dismantle the opposition, right? We haven't allowed them to do that today. I think Saar is, I think he's a brilliant young player. Yeah, you know, some of his passing was a little bit wayward today. Um, and I know there's been some criticism of his defensive capability during the week, but I think he's brilliant. Not a chance, not a chance did I want him dropping for Hoybier today. Like I saw quite a few people call him for. You can't do that, man. You cannot, you cannot rely on a young player like this. And then as soon as it comes to a big game, say, nah, we're actually gonna we're gonna sacrifice our philosophy. We're gonna play with this guy Hoybier, who we bring on to shut games out. <laughs> Ange Postacoglu isn't gonna do that. He's not gonna do that, and I'm glad he didn't do that. Um, because I I tend to find that Hoybier is generally the player where moves go to die. Um, and Pape Matassar. He takes risks, but he's learning on the job. He's 20 years old. And I think to be playing at the level that he is right now already is amazing. I think he's I think he's a really underrated player by Spurs fans and by again the wider football viewing public, if for if you want to call them that. The cretins. Um Yeah. Big fan of him. Big fan of Saar. Uh, Eve Basuma. Yeah. I think he got, he got robbed a few times. We talked about his press resistance. He actually got robbed a few times in the first half. Um, but again, he settled into the game. It's Arsenal. You know, it is Arsenal. It's away. It's at the Emirates. The crowd are behind them. They had their lovely little display of those tin pot flags um, that they waved at the start. And they came at us. But then... We sort of had that like, is that it type, you know, thing to it. Like, you know, Neo in the Matrix, there's an old reference for you, especially for any younger viewers, listeners. 
And he puts his hand up, you know, come on, give me a bit more. And I think Basuma suddenly, as soon as he got a handle on the game, he was like, oh, right, okay. So even this Odegaard lad, this kind of creative outlet, this attacking player, he's putting a shift in and he's a decent tackler and he's tracking back. And he's getting stuck in. Oh, right, okay, so I don't have any time on the ball whatsoever. And I need to stamp out some more of these attacks. I need to kind of get this crowd frustrated. I think he suddenly, he understood the brief on the job. I'm sure Ange told him exactly what to do. But sometimes, you know, you can only pick up certain things through experience, right? And I just feel like Basuma was like, okay, this this is what the occasion is. Bang, let's have it. Dejan Kulisevsky, I thought he was brilliant today again. Um, I think he's starting to get back get back into the swing of things. Um, Dejan Kulisevsky we saw in that first season when we did get Champions League football, when we were flying under Conte, that little bit we were. But I do think a lot of that ironically came down to how well Dejan Kulisevsky was playing. And I think today he was brilliant. Um, I think he... Caused a lot of problems for Arsenal. Again, I think he's one of those players I've seen people talk about his lack of pace. I do think he is one of those kind of beguiling players, a little bit like Harry Kane is, where they're not the quickest, but they actually look slower than they are. And they're not actually as kind of snail-like as people tend to think that they are. It takes them a bit of time to get into their stride, but then they generally tend to be all right, pretty nippy. Um... I think Kulisevsky has that going for him, but I think he's one of the, probably the only players, actually Saar does this as well, but along with Saar, along with Madison, who is very, very good at reading the game, who's very, very good at picking a pass. Um, I think Kulisevsky is you know, magnificent at that. Um, and he was brilliant today, I thought. Anyway, personally speaking, James Madison, um, First half, pretty quiet. Um, and I did, there were a couple of times when he annoyed me a little bit. I thought he fell into maybe a touch of the Hoybiers when he got robbed of the ball a few times. He started shouting at other people. And I get it. He just wanted the ball to be played a bit further up the pitch. He wanted to. He didn't want to be receiving the ball just outside our box. He wanted to get more towards the halfway line. That's what type of player he is. But, you know, obviously that's not the way the manager wanted to play. And I think Madders got into it. And, you know... They were kicking him. They were kicking lumps out of him today. They had they had players on him at all times. And then when it mattered, he wriggled free and he made an assist for Sonny. He made a, like, a lot of players would have just given it up. But he managed to keep it in, whipped in a beautiful ball. And Sonny, Sonny's finish was unbelievable. Absolutely sensational. Um, so all in all, Mad is a good game today. I was really worried, you know, when he went down. The way his knee bent, the way it jolted into the ground, I was thinking like, oh God, is this my comeuppance? Perisic and then Madison, after I've been wishing ACLs on all these Arsenal players. And I don't, I mean, maybe it still will be, but I don't think it will be. But it didn't look like a nice injury and I do worry he might be out for a couple of weeks. But we'll wait and see, you know, we'll wait and see. Hopefully not. Um... Brennan Johnson, I thought was I thought he was good. I thought he was decent. His injury, again, I think maybe was more cramp than it was a hammy. Because um, yeah, if it's a hamstring, what it's a month or so, isn't it? I mean, especially if it's a, if it's a torn hamstring, it's a couple of months usually. 
Um, maybe it's a little sprain. Maybe it's a little bit of cramp or something like that. Because he looked like he was in agony at first, but then he kind of you know, stretched it out. And you saw when the physio was stretching his leg, he was like, yeah, I think it's all right. I think it's fine. Um, so hopefully it's just a bit of a sprain and he can, you know, he can do... It won't derail him, you know, having a place in this team. Let's say that. Having more of an impact. It was a bold choice to start him today. Interesting to see him start on the left. I think he did cause a few problems to them. He did fade um, as the game went on, I felt. But yeah, he was he was I think he I think he did well to get a shot off. Um Ryan made a brilliant save there. Because at first I thought, oh, he's not hit that with enough venom. He could have gotten on, you know, a bit harder of a shot away. But I do think he uh I do think he actually did really well to move his body into a position to actually get a shot off in the first place, because the ball was coming at him quickly. Um, so, I, yeah, I largely liked what I saw from him. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing him develop. You know, it's early on into his Tottenham career. Hummin Son today, magnificent. You know, we talk about the type of game is for Son. A lot of people seem to feel this is the type of game for Son when the space that opens up in behind the defence for him to run into... For him to do what he's done today. But he still did it right. Reminiscent of maybe not quite as uh, spectacular. But the goals away at the Etihad in the Champions League. Just Sonny knowing knowing what to do. Knowing where the back of the net is. Especially for that second goal. Especially after they've just scored that penalty. And massively over-celebrated. For them talking about us doing an over-celebration against Sheffield United. They did a massive over-celebration. All jumping into the crowd on the 70th minute. And this is what we know about them. This is what we know about them. They are a good team. Arteta obviously has them well drilled, has them well coached, but a lot of what it is that they're doing is built on emotion as well. And they're such an overly emotional team. It caught up with them in the Champions League year when we beat them to it, caught up with them last year in the title race, and they caught up with them in this game today. Because they were all over the shop. They are all dizzy. And then we just ran up the other end of the pitch and knocked one in the back of the net. And Sonny gets to shush the Emirates again. And it's in these games where you need players like him. We were worried about Harry Kane. Well, how are we going to do about Harry Kane? We've all forgotten we got Sonny. You know? Who is a big, big game player. And he showed that today. And... Yeah, he deserves a lot of credit for that because being captain, having that pressure on you as the club's main outlet, you know, he's he's stepping up for that. He's, you know, I love him, man. Like, you've got to have this connection with your team. You've got to have this connection with players. And he's somebody that he's just got... You know, we've all been talking these past few weeks how happy everyone was feeling that Kane finally said, we... Because he got caught off guard when uh, Thierry Henry was making fun of him or at least sort of jibing him about the North London derby. And he said, we, and we're all suddenly like, see, he does care. He's just an awkward bloke and he doesn't really know how to say this stuff. But when he was caught off guard, off the cuff, he says, we. And we forget all along. In our desperation to be loved by Harry Kane or Gareth Bale, players like that, we've had a player like Hummin Song. 
who's one of the greatest players in the club's history. Like, it, it's, it was seen as a fairly controversial take. I said it on Twitter not long ago. I've said it on here before. He's, pro- you know, he's probably a more important player in the history of Tottenham now than Teddy Sheridan was. Teddy Sheridan's so, like, stamped into the history of this club. Maybe it's because many of us grew up with him. Teddy Sheridan was one of my heroes as a kid. He absolutely was, you know. I was heartbroken when he left, um, when he went to, you know, United. And he was a fantastic Brilliant, wonderful footballer. But I'm looking at Sonny now now and I'm like, he's <laughs> he's one of the biggest players in the club's history. And now that he's not kind of in the... And he has... Look, unfortunately, I'm not saying this as a slight on Sonny, but he has been somewhat in Kane's shadow because Kane has just performed to the level that he has done. That It's made everybody else look not quite as exceptional as they maybe should. But... Sonny has been brilliant. He has been brilliant for his whole career and he loves us. He loves this club. He's shown the utmost loyalty to us. He's our captain now. He's a good bloke. Like You see the way he interacts with young fans, any type of fans. He's a good bloke. And, you know, you want people like that wearing your shirt. And you want people like him. It's not just because he's, you know, he smiles and he waves at kids and all this type of stuff. In a North London derby, he can go steely-faced and slot one into the back of the net and shush the Emirates. In a Champions League quarter-final, he can run up against the run of play and slap one into the top corner against Pep Guardiola's all-conquering Manchester City. That's the type of player he is. It's the type of player we've got and we shouldn't ever take him for granted. I'm saying that to myself as much as anything. I'm not here to opine to everyone and tell them what to do. Um, with regards to our substitutes today, Pierre Mahoybier, fine. Look, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to put any negatives on today. I just, uh, there's something about him, man. I just, I feel like he brings the vibes down a bit. You know, I, I just do. I'm not, you know, I was delighted he didn't start. And let's just leave it at that. Um, Richarlison, yeah, it's a shame he couldn't have made more of that opportunity, but he didn't have much time on the pitch. Um, don't feel like he was getting much support when he did come on. Obviously, James Madison had gone off by that point, so is what it is. Um, he just doesn't quite have the pace to stretch Arsenal in that way. So there was so much space there. And you saw as soon as we took Sonny off, they played a much higher line again because they, they knew that they could do that. Um, and it was a shame to see that. It was a shame to see Richarlison not really be able to exploit that or not to be able to see us see Richarlison alongside Sonny, but I guess Son was tired. Um well, you know, in Andrew Trust, basically. Um and Manor Solomon, I think, uh yeah, it was fine. He was fine when he came on. Um again, he seems to be somebody that's drawing a bit of criticism this week. Uh but I think he's a decent player. And again, it will take him some time to get up to speed. I, I like his sort of ability on the ball. I do get, I mean, when I say criticism, there's a lot of comparisons to Lucas. And I do get it. Like sometimes he's not content just taking the ball around one player. He wants to beat the second one and then the third one. And sometimes it's, you know, just be happy beating your man and then releasing the ball. If Ange can get that into him, I think he will be a very, very useful player. And we're going to see at some point, we are going to see at some point that, 
rocket of a shot of his come into effect for us. You know it will. You know it will. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, so yeah, I think Manuel's all right. But all in all, do you know what? Fantastic performance today. Like I said at the top, we were told we were naive. We were told we were going to get battered here, but we didn't. We matched them. We more than matched them. This wasn't, this wasn't us clinging on for dear life. This wasn't some smash and grab from Tottenham. This was Tottenham going to the Emirates. One of the most, you know, respected, lauded teams, at least by the press in the country right now. In a North London derby and just said, meh, you know, nice one. So the Ange train rolls on, still undefeated. Liverpool next, massive, massive game. It's, yeah, it's going to be tight, isn't it? It's going to be tight, but we'll wait and see what happens next week um, with regard to that. Thanks everybody for, uh, for, for you know, tuning into this. Um, please do leave ratings. Please do leave reviews. Um, I have actually started to now. I, I actually, for the first week, stream this on YouTube. So if you do, if you don't want to wait, if you don't want to wait for the pod to drop an hour after I've recorded it, you can go on and see it live on YouTube. Um, and yeah, whatever. Do that if you want to. If not, you know, it will stay up there. Stay archived up there. Um, I do have a Patreon now as well. Patreon.com slash RTRpod. You can get on there. We've got a Thursday bulletin pod with Phil uh, where we do the, the week's news in 20 minutes. Got the Friday preview pods where I generally get an opposition fan on for a segment and then like these these post-match pods, I kind of, you know, waffle on for a bit about my thoughts about the game in advance. And I've also got the Robbie Keane Ultras pod with Jack Gallagher, football writer, Derry City fan, good bloke, funny guy, where he provides a bit of a sense check for where he thinks Tottenham are right now. It's good listen. Um, even if I do say so myself, it's good to talk to him. He's a good bloke. So yeah, you can sign up for that. Patreon.com slash RTRpod. Um, like I say, ratings, reviews, like, subscribe, all that stuff. We've come away from the Emirates Stadium with a point, with a lot of pride, our heads held high. Where are you now, Merson? Where are you now, lad? Humble us. Digi bollocks. Come on, you Spurs. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.